Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined, as always, by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How is your alternate Monday? It's fantastic, Dennis. It's a wonderful day here in the the real world and in the fake world, um, in the metaverse. You know, have you actually ever been in the metaverse? Isn't that like an actual app? It's an app, right? Not just a thing that Facebook says. I was going to say, do you mean Facebook? Um, but doesn't isn't there like a, like the V? Is there a VR app? Metaverse. I should have looked this up before I asked. But it's a serious I, question. I don't know. Probably. I've been in uh, that big big screen, big picture, whatever that VR thing was that we tinkered with back in right. That, that's what I'm wondering, right? I was wondering if like maybe you knew what it was. Like there's there's been several many of these uh, VR chat room spaces. And we tried it a lot and during the pandemic, but none of them were really interesting and it felt like not great or just medium at best, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't know if like this whole, I mean, Meta slash Facebook has kind of pinned their whole future on that kind of thing. It felt weird. I didn't know if you'd actually been in it or not, played with the Meta. No, I mean, other than the thing that we did when we were... uh you know, trying to watch movies and yeah. maybe do some kind of virtual hangout thing. Uh, no, I've not done <laughs> anything other than that. The, uh, you know, there's a there's a form of online social interaction that has a lot of similarity to in person social interaction. Yeah, um, and activates. A, a very similar set of anxieties uh, in me. It's not mm. quite the same. Mm-hmm. There, there's, there are some ways where I um, can more comfortably interact with a stranger in person okay. than online, depending on the context, depending on the situation. Right. Um, but, yeah, they each have their own. So, as far as, like... Um, you know, doing something that it, it makes me feel it gives me the same kind of feeling about trying to play. Uh, what was the game called? Fortnite. Yeah. Or um, pub. Was it PUBG? pub? The PUBG. one where you drop out, of, drop out of the bus. Uh, oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. I, any of those those uh, like ballerina games type stuff. Yeah, and of course, uh, you know, VR hangout space is not, you know, it's not a game game, right? Um, but it's the same kind of thing. Like, what's going on here? What's the? What are the rules? What are the protocols? Like, what do people joke about? What don't they joke about? It's a whole thing. Right. Um, aside from which, I never found the VR experience as immersive as it's ever been portrayed in media, in even in things like sure. Uh, Ready Player One with the Oasis, like right. it's never felt like the the headset is always too heavy and uncomfortable to uh, even still to um, you know make that experience any more immersive than just a normal like a little bit better than a normal video game. I think I think a couple things as being a big fan of VR, um, still my VR thing is I've not put it on since I've moved into the house. I've been here for two two months and I hadn't really played it a lot well i played a little bit before then but i i would consider myself an average person of vr um even even though i studied a lot of it but actually user 
And I think some of that has to do with, one, the field of view in any of the, v- the best VR stuff right now. It still feels very tunnel-like. Um, mm, sure, yeah. And that has a lot to do, obviously, with you know make, not making you sick and stuff. But I never feel like I'm in that world because I'm still looking through like a you know very narrow tunnel and only very small field of view. So it doesn't look like I'm or feel like I'm completely immersed. And two, when I'm interacting with people, it still feels like you just have a headset on. Right. It's not like they're actually speaking um, and you're just hearing them talk, even if it's, you know, spatial, it's still not quite, you know, being able to hear that person talk or run or whatever. Um, so, yeah, they, they do a good job, but there's there's still a long ways to go with VR. I'm not sure what how, where all that came up, but um, I, I enjoy my uh, a couple of our buddies, um, Troy and Bill, a uh, friend of the show, um, will play putt putt together um and we'll play um demio is a game that we play on there a lot mm-hmm, and another mm-hmm. game uh called zenith which is like an mmo that we'll play together and we enjoy playing that because we all hang out together and that's but that's mainly like it's just like the same thing of hanging out on discord where you can talk right and we're kind of right doing uh you know doing something together kind of right we're we're you know just like you just like you are with watching movies or playing, you know, board game arena games on discord, you're interacting, but it's not quite still, still the same. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so how, well, you went on a camping trip this last week out like backpacking. Yeah, speaking of, trips. speaking of, of virtual reality versus real reality. <laughs> right. Um, our buddies Trotsky and Aaron and I went up to the Hoosier National Forest Sunday night and touched grass. Right. Um, real real grass, not VR joke. grass. Yeah, I don't remember if I made that joke after the canoeing trip. So if if there are any Gen Z listeners, I apologize for misusing your slang. We <laughs> Gen Z listeners. Um, yeah, uh, the Charles Deem Wilderness is... About between 30 and 40 minutes uh, from both Bedford and Bloomington. Um, they're on the uh, uh, south southeast side of Lake mm-hmm, Monroe. Mm-hmm. Um, and Trotsky organized this trip. We were out uh, uh, at the Alley Bar on a Thursday and talking about my Boundary Waters trip. And they're like, oh, I've been wanting to, to do this. So he and Aaron... Aaron, I think, already had a lot of stuff, and Trotsky had a lot of stuff, too, but they bought a bunch of gear, and I'm like, well, I just bought a bunch of gear, so I'll separate <laughs> out my my hiking stuff from the fishing stuff. I put the fishing stuff in storage, and then, uh, I think I've said this before, um, and I had all this, all this hiking stuff, so we went up um, Sunday. We met up at about noon on Sunday and had lunch at a little convenience store slash bait fishing supply shop it's like the only thing close by yeah as happens and um and we hiked in i want to say it was just under three miles um in and then and then back out um we ran into some difficulty in the at the end of the hiking like closest to the campsite which was annoying but also we were so um 
you know, we were starting to get worn out by that point. So we're yeah. like, well, we just kind of do this. We don't have any choice at this point. Um, they were following a trail on the All Trails app, which is a popular like, sort of crowdsourced hiking trail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually was just uh, on that uh, today looking at because uh, I'm going to go to L.A. next app. week and I'm looking for trails out there. Yeah, I I don't have it and I really should because um, I went. Uh, hiking on a trail in Virginia in um, the Shenandoah Mountains. And I didn't get lost, but I definitely went farther than I should have looking for uh, an interesting uh, location that I saw on a sign. Um, And if I had had an app, I would have been able to look and see. (laughs) Oh, that's kind of far. I don't need to walk down there to see that. Though I was glad that I saw it. Whatever. Anyway. Um, It's actually a really good, like, app and website that that if you do any kind of trail walking... It's the big one, like really popular. There's a there's a similar app called All Stays that has um, uh, it's for like nomads and RVers to say like here is a Walmart where you can park overnight. Here's a gas station that has a um, a dump a place to dump RV tanks. Um, you know, here's this RV park. It's got this star rating. Whatever. Right. Um, a lot of that kind of stuff. The like very best version of it or the 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 most full featured version is a subscription right it's how they you know pay for servers and all that stuff like um you know some of the rv ones will have their own whole um gps system uh which accounts for like heights what kind of bridges you'll go under and um and tunnels and also like weight limits on bridges. Uh, my camper is small enough that I, for the most part, don't need to worry about that. Um, I only had one time in the whole year that I've been traveling, minus a few months being stationary like right now, um, where I, what did I do? Oh, I was using Google Maps because I always use Google Maps. And it has a setting where you can tell it you want to avoid highways. Yeah. Um, I'm not 100% clear on, like, what it considers a highway or not. And sometimes it'll take you on a highway anyway because there are no options. But sometimes if I have a lot of time, that's what I want to do. Like, I want to drive around and see um, some interesting things. And somewhere, I think, on the border of uh, Pennsylvania and New York... um, it took me into this town, which was the way. Like, I went over a bridge over, I don't know, the Delaware River or something. Yeah. And and it was going to take me through this tunnel that was, like, nine feet something. Um, that's a pretty tall, a pretty short tunnel. Um, and I know that my camper with the air conditioner sticking up is, like, ten foot three or something. <laughs> And so I was like, well, I'm not going there. I'm going to turn, just go through this neighborhood, go back out on the main road, and go under, like, the next road over has a bridge, and the road goes down so that it's, like, 14 feet or whatever. It's the, somewhere around 13 or 14 feet is the standard height for um, semi-trucks. Okay. And so that's what most, like, this tunnel in this town was like, um, if, if, people listening from bloomington it's like that that tunnel on 10th street or the (laughs) one or the one on adams where you just see a lot of um 
you the walls. one on 10th street is treacherous because of because of the turns they like extreme like right angles that the that the road takes going through it but right. they also sometimes have really low clearance where you're like yeah that truck's not going to fit through there <laughs> but they sure um, try i got way derailed on the story okay so we're we're trying to find our campsite and um the all trails app which I, as I understand it, it's mostly pretty good. I don't have a lot of, I don't really have any experience with it myself, but it had a trail marked on there that was non-existent. It's probably overgrown because that's what happens, right? If trails aren't constantly like, uh, you know, kept clear and maintained, nature takes over, right. you know, takes, takes back over and grows, grows over stuff. And so we're like, well, we'll just go this way. Like it's pretty, there wasn't a lot of underbrush or anything. We're like, this won't be too difficult. And it wasn't at first, but the further we got, the more difficult it got. It started with a slope where that we were walking along. Yeah. So it's kind of like instead of walking flat, like one foot's going lower than the other, which is hard on your hips. And then we're like, oh, it's not here. It's over this ridge. And so we go up to the ridge. And then the way we have to go is down a pretty steep slope. Like... Something that you could walk, if you're careful, you could walk pretty easily if you're just normal walking. But, of course, we had packs on our back that were like 20 to 30 pounds. Of course, right. Um, And so we're, you know, we're doing that kind of going tree to tree kind of. And it's fall, so there's all kinds of like leaves and, and twigs and stuff to, to slip on. Um, And then we got down to a dry, uh, like high water point or something yeah that had overgrown with these like tall bushes that were dry like the branches would break off when we pushed our way through them but it was incredibly dense um it was like what was it like um hmm i'm trying to picture things but nothing's coming to me like it in sometimes in movies people will go through like like a bamboo forest or something like that that's really dense that they have to like fight their way through. Anyway, we did that and got to our site and it was had a great view over this little piece of the lake. Um we made fire and cooked dinner and it was warm enough during the day and still not super cold. Like I don't think it got down to freezing. It was probably like the mid forties. Oh yeah. Um was it uncomfortable? You know, which is no, I mean we all brought like base layer long johns right. and and sleeping bags and stuff so we were fine. Um and then we hiked out Monday morning a different way that just meant going along some water so we had to deal with mud and I don't know Trotsky fell in some kind of sinkhole like not all the way down like probably down to his excuse me his knees. Um and we crossed we crossed the water somewhere where there was a beaver dam. We're like, okay, the <laughs> mud here is really soft, so you can't step on that. And a beaver dam is not really something strong enough to s- step on either because it's just a bunch of, like, branches and stuff that's hollow inside. Right. And so it was a little bit of a challenge. And then, But then we got back on normal trail, and it was just a matter of going, the, like, two miles. And then the very beginning of the trail is a hill that we went down on the way in. And we're like, okay. This is a little this is a little tricky, but mostly not looking forward to climbing up it. 
And it's a weird sort of um, thing. It's like, I'm sure everybody has an opinion on which is worse between hiking uphill and downhill. <laughs> um, uphill is more physically strenuous, right? Because you're lifting, right? More right. up up, up a slope. Mm-hmm. Going, going down is more technically challenging, like getting your feet in the right place, not slipping, sort of controlling your descent. I mean, with a pack. If you're young and unburdened, then you just sort of run down it and <laughs> right. hope for the best. <laughs> I did I did a lot of trail running downhill before it like in uh around mm. around that area and in um Brown County and that's that was just super fun. I mean I it, it's very treacherous with all the roots and the things like that, but man, it's just fun. Not that I not that I generally like running, but trail running was pretty mm-hmm. was pretty fun. Um did you see a lot of people out there or was it just you guys? Um, we saw some people, like when we got there, the, the spot where we parked, there were a lot of cars and there was a whole group of people. Um, we went to a cave that was part of Trotsky's plan was to explore this cave. And as we were leaving there, a group of students from the IU hiking club, some kind of club, I think hiking club. Yeah. They came down the same way we had as we were like getting loaded back up to go back up. They didn't have packs or anything. So they were obviously day camp day, day hiking. But yeah, um, there were like, I think there were at least 20 of them. Um, That's a lot. That's good. You know, but they were undergrads. Yeah. Um, and then we saw, we saw a couple, I think I saw a father son setting up camp. I saw a father with two kids coming back out as we were going in for the first somewhere in the first mile and then we saw a family family of four i think before we got to the cave once we got past the people with the cave we didn't see any more people like we got more and more remote i think there might have been somebody in a boat fishing that the guy saw in the morning i didn't i didn't see him but yeah it's pretty it was pretty remote especially where we we're camping. Yeah, it, I saw the pictures and looked like there was, um, what is it? Uh, uh, the level of the, the water has gone down a bit for for going out to the water, so it's not like a lot of people could boat up there. To you, yeah, that was our that was our situation with the mud. That there was just a lot of, um, like the water level was low. We I, haven't had rain in a while, and I know, uh, I know, um, our buddy Trotsky had was kind of a little excited to try this new water system thing that he filter filtration thing. Did, did he get to try that out? Did he drink straight out of the, the muddy water? <laughs> um, Aaron packed in water, but I have a Life Straw water bottle. Life Straw is a brand of water filter that's basically a straw. It's mm-hmm. like if you have the like the filter, like in a in a water, like in a Brita pil- Brita pitcher, yeah. but then it's got a, um, you know, mouthpiece on the end of it. Yep. Uh, so so I think if you get that by itself, you're just supposed to like scoop up water, or maybe like, I don't know, lay down by a creek or something. I can't. That seems ridiculous to me. But <laughs> um, you like scoop up water and then just drink it, um, with that. And so mine is just a. It's just a water bottle. So I fill up that water bottle at the lake. It's what I used 
in the Boundary Waters. I fill up that water bottle at the lake, and then that's just drinking water. And then for cooking, um, I just boil it. Just yeah. get water out of the lake and then boil it. Um, Trotsky had a thing that was like... Um, it's a bag, right? So, like, it right. folds really, really small. And you fill it with water, and you screw the filter on the end of it, and then you can either drink straight out of it, or if you squeeze the bag... Um, it pushes clean water out. So we had that and a little collapsing uh, rubber water bottle that he would fill up down at shore and then fill the, the filter bag again and bring both up. Because our campsite was kind of on a hill, um, and it was a little bit of a steep walk to go down and get more water. Oh, I see. Yeah, but I guess he, he, he drank it. It tasted okay, and you did the same, and it was... I yeah. Think the yeah. thought of drinking out of... Lake Monroe is a little gross to me, but <laughs> it's a, it was a little more, I was a little more uncertain about it than up in the boundary waters. Like the boundary waters lakes are like, yes, a lot of people go through there camping and fishing, but it's all no wake. So there's no, um, there are no like, you know, people jet skiing or motorboats or, or anything like that. Um, and it's so far removed from anything that I don't think there's a lot of like industrial groundwater pollution or anything like that. Um, but uh, yeah, 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 great. we were we're fine so far. I mean, it's Tuesday. You know, as far <laughs> as I know, nobody nobody has cholera or anything. So, so far, you're you're good to go. <laughs> well, it's, it does sound fun. I, I I had always said that I thought it would be, um, you know, I'd like to go packing and do do a thing like that. I um, as, as I've got older, I, I start to, to, is it, uh, not tire more, but, um, what is it, uh, um, get less tolerant of, of duress things, you know, like, like I, mm. I could, I could go out there and mosquitoes, you know, are going to get you and, uh, you know, you'll, you'll run into get muddy and dirty and, uh, cold and stuff like that. And it, you know, just. You just deal with it, which is usually the thing. But as I've gotten older, it's like, you know what? I just, I'm happy being here in, in a warm air conditioned place in the summer, you know, it's <laughs> not tired of the, of the, the badness of it. But, um, but you know, I, I, I still kind of want to do it and give it a try. And I was really impressed by, by Mike's, um, Trotsky's pack and how light it was and all the cool little gadgets and gadgets he's got into it. And just l- little bitty light spoons that are made of like tungsten and stuff it's very cool oh yeah yeah i i say this every time i talk to somebody we talked about it up in boundary waters several times and i talked to the guys about it last night like i did the boundary waters when i was a kid almost 30 years ago and i did it a month ago and with a with a couple of exceptions the main one being like fishing gear and even fishing gear has has improved too like so much camping gear has improved. The technology has improved so much in the last couple decades. It's something like I think most people don't think about where you're like, yeah. oh, the, you know, cars haven't changed. I mean, they have. There's more computers and stuff in them now. And, of course, computer technology and, like, smartphones and stuff changes all the time. But, like, to have – I have a tent – my tent folds down smaller than a two-liter bottle, like a fair bit smaller. Crazy. Um, now it does need a a 
trekking pole, a big walking stick to to prop up the middle of it. Yeah. But then then I just have a trekking pole. Like right. all the all the time that we were dealing with mud and like going down slopes and stuff, I was really glad I had that trekking pole. Oh, I bet. Oh yeah, for sure. Just to like stabilize stabilize myself. And that's, you know, I have a chair that's like the same size. I have a um a quilt thing that's as warm as a sleeping bag that just lays on top of me that is half the size of any sleeping bag I've ever owned when it's all rolled up. Yeah. Um, and so like everything is like, um, um, compresses down smaller and it's all so much lighter, like all the materials and stuff that you, you know, it's not, stuff's not made out of like canvas and cotton and, um, and like, some of that was already happening. Like when we did civil war reenacting, everything was, everything was the opposite. It was all canvas and cotton. And in a lot of ways, like a canvas tent is more waterproof than a modern tent, at least the modern tents we had in the nineties. Yeah. Um, but it's incredibly heavy and most of them take at least two people to set up. And the poles are, you know, wood, like literal wood (laughs) shafts and stuff. Um, And so stuff was already moving that way, but it's gotten more and more like smaller, lighter. um, And especially in the world of, of backpacking, I know that um, Sarah did a bunch of research on that stuff when she did her through hikes, because it's, you know, you're just going to wear, you're going to carry everything on your back every day for months. Like you don't want to be carrying a single thing that you don't need. Yeah. I, I, uh, that, that kind of light weight transition stuff. And I know this has been this way for decades, but I, I think I was most, uh, not exposed, but blown away by it when our buddy Zahn had, you know, he'd been a, he's been a biker for a while, but he got him, he invested in a really nice bike and he'll tell you it's just made it best. But, you know, just hmm. pick, picking it up and realizing, that's when I realized that every bike I've ever bought and I've ever owned my whole life was the worst kind of bike ever. Um, when, it's just made of the most lightest things and you can pick it up with like two fingers and you're like, what is, what is this? This is insane. It's a whole different game changing type stuff. When you're, you're talking about take, you know, going out on adventures and taking the, the, the duress of the equipment out of it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Like you were talking about the canvas tents and the, the big, heavy, bulky stuff that you might've thought before bike riding or or whatever and now it's all super light and super compact and really nice and you can buy it off on amazon no problem which is pretty cool uh okay sorry got into a little thing but it sounds like it was a great time had (laughs) had fun yeah fun there uh let's see what have we got this week for us um did you see that new mario trailer that came out um i watched it where was i i was i might have been like starting at or it maybe it happened around the time of the wedding so i watched it but like only sort of gave it my full attention uh yeah uh, it was it was a uh, okay okay um it i thought uh, jack black does king koopa if i'm not mistaken there mm-hmm. um and he seemed pretty good and he seemed fine uh for some reason when i had heard this i thought it was like a live action thing and i thought that was the worst thing ever um, which is great, sure. good to know that it's not live action. Um, right. And it, it did feel after, after I watched that trailer, it felt like, Oh, they did a successful Sonic thing. Now they, Mario's got to be like, well, we should be able to do one. Um, 
But I mean, that's reasonable. Sure. Uh, and it looks okay. I mean, it just showed a little bit of um, Koopa attacking some 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 guy some good guys, some penguin guys, mm-hmm. and then a yeah. little bit of Mario and Toad. Um, but yeah, it looks okay. It, I, I don't know how anybody can can do any voice to Mario except a complete unknown. Because no matter what, I, I just what I think they should have done is pick people who are complete unknowns. Unfortunately, you get a lot of these like kid movies that they want to just put celebrities in for voices. Yeah, and, yeah. and I just don't understand that because you don't need to have a celebrity voice. Matter of fact, I think it's much better to not have celebrity voices as any kind of voiceover, unless you're Alan Tudyk, then it's great. But. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Chris, what's his... It gets the, I mean, it's the same. It's like when Studio Ghibli did the dubs for... Um, Princess Mononoke. When when Disney did the dubs for the Studio Ghibli movies. Yeah. Um, they got, you know, established actors. I mean, part of it is voice acting is still acting. Yeah, right? it really is. Yeah, that's true. People don't, people don't think that because you don't, you don't see them, right? They're not... It doesn't seem like they would have to be... Um, doing it but i remember watching workshops at one blizzcon where they they showed footage of um Metin and somebody else doing this conversation between thrall and uh garrosh i want to say two of the orcs mm-hmm. right in, in warcraft and they're 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 talking in character not reading the lines right they're just like workshopping like getting into the emotional headspace of of those characters almost method acting Right. So that then when you see those cinematics and it's all CGI or it's all animated, um, like it's emotionally moving because the, the visuals are stunning. The music, of course, the score is excellent, but the, the voice acting has real emotion behind it because the actors are acting. Um, you may not see their facial expressions or anything, but they're still, they're still making them like they're still doing all that acting so anyway that's that's one part of my assumption for why for why they do it the other one i'm sure is just it's easier to sell right i'm I'm certain that's a big thing yeah especially for something like you know disney importing anime movies um it's gonna you know people are gonna look at it and go this is weird but oh you know christopher Plummer is in it or whoever um just like with a normal movie Right with a with a live action movie, you see somebody in, and you're like, "Oh, Tom Hanks." We'll we'll check that out. Um, right? Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, you're right. I'm glad you said Tom Hanks because there there is that. There's you know, Toy Story that had two huge stars at least, and actually more than two. So many big, you know, actors in there, and they did great. So I can't say all of them are bad. But I just a lot of times there's so many actors out in the world, you know that can do anything Um, of course that that, you know that it just feels like that does is an unnecessary distraction when it doesn't need to be you're you're right you're right in saying i mean in in this to bring the conversation back to what you were talking about most of the uh like reactions and whatever that i've heard about this movie have all been people with very strong opinions on chris pratt i was gonna say chris pratt is so i get that yeah um and and that's kind of what i was thinking there is like you know why does it have to? Why does it have to do that? He's he's got to be an it- Italian voice. So he's going to do an Italian voice because um, he's Italian plumber. It's part of the character. Um, and then why not just get like 
an actor with an Italian accent. <laughs> it sounds like Mario. I, I don't know. It's 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 going to be mean, fine, I'm sure. But it all John like Sonic is still alive, right? Say again. I know that he. John Leguizamo is still alive. <laughs> yeah, sure. For Luigi, um, I I think that um, I think Sonic was good, and Ben Shapiro mm-hmm, yeah. did hit his voice. But I think that's not not Ben Shapiro. Not ben, Shapiro. ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz. Shush, sh- something other. Uh, <laughs> ben Shapiro is a completely different uh, right, right uh, personality. Right. Um, but, ben Schwartz from who you know. Parks and Rec, and uh, um, oh, what's the, I feel like there was something he was better known for. Anyway, yeah, John Ralphio in in Parks and Rec. John Ralphio, yeah. Uh, but uh, I think that but made that one was was a was a good story and a good um, targeted audience direction. Sure, yeah. Like like they they knew who they were writing for, who they were directing for, who they were acting for, and they made it like that. And the the Did trailer for see... Mario seems that way too. Did you see the sequel, uh, Sonic Two? I did, and it was just okay. At, I mean, it was. Yeah. I thought I thought the first Sonic was okay. You know, like oh, right. Out of ten, this one's a six, which is a surprise when it should be a two, right? Right. Um. Right. So, but but that doesn't make it a great movie. It's just a six out of ten. This one hit where it kind of belonged at four and five. You know, mm. uh, and I'm like, okay, okay. You know, that's. Yeah, I saw it pop fine. up on streaming, and I was—I almost started watching it, and then I was pretty sure somebody had said that it was fine, that it was more of a kid movie than the first one. Um, yeah, definitely, like definitely more of a kid. That's yeah. that's a good description of it. We, I think we talked about it back in the day. It's it definitely fit into the kid movie uh, because there was less enjoyment for adult stuff. Not not adult stuff, but you know, because there can be adult humor and things. I don't need that, but less all ages. You know what I mean? The the best um, recent description I've heard of that of that concept, like the thing that um, Disney and, and especially Pixar often do, um, is the writers understood that there are probably going to be adults in the room. Yeah. And especially in the theaters, right? You're like, kids can't go to the movie by the theater by themselves. So... Put some stuff in there to entertain the parents, right? Um, and and you know that I think that's one of the things that makes some of these things really good. You know? un- unless unless you're talking about Wreck It Ralph two, where <laughs> all of the jokes were for the parents, right? Yeah, sure, that's 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 true. Um, so yeah, the trailer was okay. Speaking of trailers, let's go a different way on these trailer talk here. Um, how about uh, Picard season three? Did you watch that one? Lot, lot, did, lot of unpacking that one. I did just watch that one. Um, somebody, somebody said, I don't know if this is accurate or not, but somebody, I think in our Discord, our friend group, um, said that they started filming season three right after they were done filming season two. Yeah, I think uh, they did back to back. Giving them, giving them no time to learn from uh, listener reaction and feedback on season two. Uh, which is a, a, a concerning, sounds like too smug of a word to use there. But, um, you know, I mean, I think we've talked about Star Trek Picard at length. Mm-hmm. Um, season one was okay. Season two, aside from a couple of good moments, was just just a mess. Um, Agreed. Agreed. You know, 
mediocre at best. Uh, there are a lot more uh, cameos isn't the right word, but they have a lot more of the uh, next generation cast in this third one. I think for the main cast, I think they've almost gotten everybody at this point. Yeah, counting. I think there's no one missing. Even Spiner's in this one, which is... Well, Spiner was in season one. Right, but he was killed, right? I mean, he's, he's not Data. Right. I mean, he's, he's right. playing he's lore not, in this. But... He's not Data. And so they're, they're doing... I mean, you know, Star Trek has always bent uh, credulity when, um, when the script asked for it. Uh, but, you know, you've still got weird things where, like how is an android aging and of course picard is supposed to be in an android body this whole time and they just don't talk about it at all right um that that one that one was a uh they did have time between season one and season two and they're like yeah no one really liked that part of it so yes we're just gonna we're just gonna pretend yeah i I agree that we're just uh, just gonna not talk about it but they've got season two lavar burton and um uh, Michael Dorn and Gates McFadden all back. Yeah, uh, and this, and see, like I said, I, I agree with you. Season two was not good. Season th- that's why I took me so long to watch this trailer because I didn't really care. And yeah, I'm and, like, okay, that's a thing. We'll maybe probably watch it for the podcast, and I don't need, I don't need to watch a trailer to like, like my decision on that is already made, so I don't need it. Right. I don't need to be influenced on this. Yeah, and and I I sometimes like trailers too for the hype. I mean, I know it's the point of them, but to because you can watch. I've watched some trailers and be like, oh, that looks terribly awful, and, and I'm just going to mm-hmm. like pass or or not worry about. It. But I've also watched trailers in, that I've been excited about, and then it's kind of confirmed my like excitement about it, and makes me even more excited. Granted, that can sure. blow up in your face, of course, uh, but I, I enjoy trailers for for that kind of thing. Um, this one took me from a mediocre man to a, okay, I will actually be a little happy to watch this one. Like I, it won't be a chore. I, I right now watching Picard three, just knowing Picard two, uh, would feel like a chore. Like I have to make it through this. We have to watch it for the show or it's just Star Trek complete the thing. But with this, I'll actually go into it thinking, okay, I'd like the idea. I will say that it feels like they've kind of, um, given away the script, with this one, granted, I don't know what the villain is, but she could just be a villain, normal, random villain. It won't matter. Um, yeah. Which can be, I have a feeling Lore will be the main villain like they do because they just can't get enough of Spiner. Jeez, like, come on, move on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm with you on that. But we, I mean, we saw this, this new character, the female character you mentioned, we saw Lore in the, the tag. I love that trailers have tags now. Right. Um, and as, you identified i i had a, i was like that guy looks familiar but you you spotted um hologram Morty, moriarty right from from next generation when uh when data is doing sherlock holmes stuff which which that those those episodes were fantastic like they mm-hmm. were just yeah. really really good um you know the whole sherlock and and moriarty characters in the books and in the subsequent movies and remakes and rewrites have always been or not always, but for the most part, I've been pretty interesting characters because they're just very cerebral. And, you know, sure. Moriarty, Moriarty is a villain, but has they all have kind of drives to them or whatever um, motivation, mm-hmm. so to speak, um, even if it's to solve a complex crime, it, uh, the whole. But anyway, I'm getting off 
topic with Sherlock. But that's what Moriarty <laughs> did. That actor and the writing for those episodes were very villain, but not villain, like motivation type stuff. Like he in the next generation stuff, he realized that he was a hologram and was right. intelligent enough to handle that mentally, you know, as his character was, and then wanted to be free of it, which was all like, granted, he used more nefarious ways to do it. Um, but you almost felt in those episodes, like, can you blame him type thing? Uh, mm, w- which I sure. think is great, great writing and great acting and great stuff. So bringing him back seems really good. Here's the thing that that's uh, probably the most interesting and gives away, I think, some of the plot is that Moriarty in the in uh, the Next Generation series was intentionally created to give Data a challenge and to beat Data. That's what right. he that's what he was made for because mm-hmm. because Data could just and do any Sherlock Holmes and knew knew all the answers right away. Uh, yeah. so, so this feels like Lore is back, and then they bringing Moriarty back to find a way to beat Lore uh, because he's the mm. only one that can. Uh, okay, yeah, that's that's a good. I hadn't really thought that thought that through. That makes more sense than him being a villain. He could be one of. It's funny they were just talking about this on Film Sack for whatever they watched some dumb movie, but um, they were talking about that trope where a former villain in the story becomes an ally, like yeah. um, uh, Andy Garcia in in Oceans. Uh, whatever it is, 12 or 13. One of those, yeah. One of those sequels, uh, Terry Benedict, right, comes yeah. back to, mm-hmm. to, to, to help them with something, um, which is sort of, I could sort of see what this sounds like um, because I was, I was thinking of it like, like what happened? How did he get out? Because in the resolution of those episodes, spoiler for whatever those episodes are called, um, they put him in a, like standalone device with a with an independent power supply to run a simulation of you know whatever the galaxy wherever he wants to go um in perpetuity because he's a hologram yeah well they Um, they they also did it with the the promise that when they get the technology then they'll they'll bring him back type stuff right the the technology for him to survive outside of Outside of the holodeck, which they didn't have at the time, which they still, I mean, I don't know how far forward we are here in time. Like, it's post-Voyager, but Voyager... um, Because we had the the Doctor. Yeah, the Doctor in Voyager could only survive outside of um, sickbay because of some technology they got from a, like, future traveler or something. Right, from future tech. So that was the only one that they had, right. So that, that was a way right. that they couldn't just say, oh, well, now all holograms can, can now, walk around. Now holograms can walk around as long as they've got this emitter thing. And yeah, no. Right. So so this this is, uh, you're right. Now it feels like, well, at the very least, they can upload him to an Android. Right? Because they've true, got that true. kind of technology. They've, they've, they've done that with Picard as long as they're going to acknowledge that they did that. Right. Um, so so he, yeah, Moriarty could just be an Android. Androids right? in, this, in this timeline. So, right. yeah. So that that's what that, you know that that's kind of the what I think is going to happen there, which means Lore's the the main bad guy, which is fine again. But I'll I'll be honest, I have had enough of Brant Spiner. He's fine. Let's move yeah. past that. But but yeah. like you said, they filmed this back to back, and mm-hmm. one of the exhausting parts of season two was Brent Spiner's character. 
You know, we had him for season one. Oh, and yeah. It, and it, yeah. remember, you now you remember, right? I, I blocked that out because it was so pointless to the rest of the story. I was like, why do we have an evil, random uh, uh, Dr. Soon um, ancestor right. in this story? Like... What are you? What are you doing with the story? It's just so, so much bad. Com- completely pointless. And then, and they're they're bringing lore back. It's like, oh my gosh, can we can we just, you know, I would have been better. I would have been felt better if they had just put before to come out and be in there. That would have been better than you know lore again. But I don't know. Mm. I just I always I always forget about that. Spiner's so. great and he's fine, but just come on, guys. You know, it's it's. Move it's on a weird that. yeah it's it's a lot of weird creative choices because it's like on the one hand they they seem to be aware of the fact that um the 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 main uh the main force driving this show's popularity is nostalgia for the next generation yeah right like it's picard that's the whole thing but then at the same time like they're doing so much um they're doing so much different like they're doing so much of like this isn't your dad's star trek kind of <laughs> stuff yeah that that it's like it's barely recognizable right like the character of picard i mean and it, this is an exaggeration to say that he's completely different but this picard uh, is like so it. is so different from the next generation and i get that like Patrick Stewart is older, right? Like he is a yeah. different person now than he was in the nineties. Sure. And so it sort of makes sense that the character would be too. But then even to like the stuff they did in season two with his backstory, just really like, I don't want to say emasculated, but like almost in some ways. And so it's like, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to do like, fan service nostalgia show or are you trying to do something completely new because you have your completely new thing it's discovery and it's bad but um like something new doesn't have to be bad right it's not bad because it's new it's bad because it's bad poorly written um but like are you trying to like subvert the whole concept of star trek and a and a pseudo utopian future or are you trying to pull a lot of nostalgia strings to get the old fans to watch your your thing and subscribe to your streaming service. Well, it's like, bo- it's both, right? It's like both, that, that's of course. St- I mean Star Star Wars did it with, you know, uh episode 7 and yeah. you know th- this did it the same way. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's sad it's sad to say that of those two revivals from from that era to today, they writers or modern writers did the same thing with both flagship actors and that they've done what they've done to Picard. They did with Luke Skywalker in the same way. It's like, they're not the mm-hmm. same characters. They, they just kind of rode the nostalgia and like, it, it feels very cheap. Let's put it that way. Like what, what they did with having Luke in there. Oh, you got Luke. He gets so excited. Like there's a super cheap thing that you can do with just a pure win. And then you just, you just kind of subvert it in a terrible way. And that's what they did with Picard, same way. It's like, hey, we get a chance to see the leader, Jean-Luc Picard, the, you know, the uh, um, diplomat, the great, you know, the great man come, and then he's just not, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like a whole different... It's one of those... 
I, we kind of had a conversation about this earlier. It's that like people wanting to use an IP for the wrong thing. Like don't, don't, you don't need to use that. If you want to make a character about an older guy, that's this character that comes back and into Starfleet and wants to get back into things that has history. Don't use Picard. If it's not, if it's not Picard, you don't need to do that. Right. If you want to continue Picard's Picard being Picard, then do that. Or if you want to continue Luke being Luke or what he had, do that. You don't need to put a whole new character and then just, you know, it's real cheap to yeah. use that well, character. And it, and it, um, not to get too political here, but it reminds me of when people do that with comic book characters to like change, fundamentally change that character for the sake of, you know, I'm not saying that diversity inclusion are bad things, but for the sake of a of a political, a political play, a political agenda. Right. Like, uh, you could tell a story, like, these are people, they're people like all other people, like, tell a story about that kind of person with their unique struggles. Don't take an existing character that people know, and it, again, this is an important factor, like, the popularity of a character, right? Yeah. You can take, I always use the example of, of uh, Peter Quill, because it's one that I know off the top, I never read any Guardians comics, right? but... You take a character that's pretty obscure and, you know, especially obscure and not very popular. Those usually go hand in hand. Um, uh, And you can change them. Like, maybe pick a little piece of it that's the same and then change the rest of it. You're like, this version of of Star-Lord is is this and this and he's quippy and he's, you know, insecure and he's, he's this and this. I mean... Comic books do it all the time. Yeah, right? MCU the, is definitely the you know the point poster child the, for that. The second Flash was a different. You know, DC does it a ton now. From yeah. from what I hear, but you know that was one of their first things. Like the original Flash was like a retired cop or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And at a certain point, they're like, "Let's make this new guy. We're going to call him Barry Allen, and he's this and this, and this is what happens." Like you start the story over, like. Just start the story over. If everybody knows Peter Parker, don't make a new Peter Parker who is black, who's a person of color. Like, make a different Spider-Man. Make Miles yeah. Morales. Miles Morales exactly. is much more interesting than if they tried to make Peter Parker a person of color. Because, right. like, what's what's unique? What's different about it? Like, well, you said, just, right. yes. you know, and 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 who does it serve? Right? right. You're just annoying the like people who, you know, who are legitimately racist or whatever. Yeah. And you're not bringing anything new to the table. It's so it's just lazy. And you're patronizing and pandering to the other people. Right. Like, right. are the people who are you who you're trying to serve going to appreciate that? I mean, I would. Right. So, and, and, but... and bringing it back to the Picard thing, you're anyway, you're yeah, not you're I, not I getting you're not the... getting uh, new people who want this thing and then you're putting Picard in it. You're not making them feel like, Oh, this is what I think Jean-Luc Picard. All those times I didn't watch Star Trek next generation. I wish he would have been like this. No, no one's doing that. No one's doing the, you know, Oh, I want Jean-Luc Picard to be a completely different person. So I I know we're, we're tangenting off from the trailer that, but the trailer itself, (laughs) trying to bring this way back was a little happy because uh, of the, the focus of the, the next generation characters. I thought that, um, Marina, how do you say her name? Siritus? Uh, Something like that. Yeah. And, um, 
Jonathan Frakes were their mm-hmm. episodes in Picard were excellent. Like you can, I think Picard, the character needs to have those characters around him to be, because it was an ensemble cast. You, you know, John mm-hmm. Carton was just one character. And I know they tried to make ensemble before, but the thing that made Next Generation great was that cast. And I think hopefully this feels like they'll keep them around as the main cast, still have the mm-hmm. new guys in there, sure. But if they can keep them through all the episodes as major characters, that I think that'll be a huge help, having Worf be Worf. But, you know, in the future and having and it's fine if they've changed a little bit and they've grow. But I think that the actors will feed off each other the same way that they fed off each other before, you know, and being able to see those characters. You put I, Patrick I Stewart think, by himself. He's going to have a different character. It's different. Yeah, thing, I, you know. I do think that uh, to say like one good thing about season two of Star Trek Picard. I do think I felt like they got back into the ensemble cast in a way that season one didn't. Sure. Um, you know, season one would jump between stories and people, but I didn't care about any of them. I mean, I, I don't, I didn't, I didn't like the, the girl who was the main like focal point of season oh, one. Yeah, totally. Um, and I liked her even less in season two. All of her stuff with Spiner was felt boring and pointless. Right. But the, the like crew of the ship when they were doing different, like it wasn't all great. A lot of it was rough, but still when, you know the 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 strength of an ensemble cast is you can tell multiple stories in a single episode, and if some part of it is, um, you know, less effective or or whatever, there's something else going on for people to latch onto. <laughs> well, th- th- I think they tried that with season two, and just failed yeah, on on all fronts. Like mm. there, the Spiner story, there was the Chris st- Captain Chris story. There was with you know his girlfriend, the vet lady. I think it was it. No, no, it's yeah. the, not the vet. The she was a a clinic doctor. A clinic doctor. Um, and then they had uh, you know, um, seven and, and Rafi uh, and Rafi, and then they had um, Picard. Like all these were all different ones from everywhere, and they tried to have their own separate story. But there was nothing. There was no togetherness in that. Sure. Right? I mean, you still they have were, to have. Uh, you know, you still have to have good writing somewhere right you know, oh oh like, and then there was the board queen and the other lady like all those stories like now as i remember them are all bad right <laughs> right right and, and, and so some had their moments like i think my expectations for it were so low that there were times that i liked seven and rafi because stuff picard was doing with young Guinan was so infuriating or um the the love story with with the captain uh chris christabel um right uh I thought was fine. Like, again, I'm not expecting like super great love story writing from Star Trek at any point. Right. So, so I, I'd like, so it's always nice when you get something legitimately good, like the, the Spock to bring stuff in, in strange new worlds. Yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, it, it could be new stuff. So I am a little hopeful from this trailer to see these characters, not just the characters, but the trailer showed them having acting moments, right? It wasn't just their faces. Mm. Which yeah. which gives me a little bit of hope that they're going to have like legitimate lines and talk and have a a, a point in the th- in the show. So that that makes me hopeful to to have you know um, that come about. All right, Mo- moving on from that one. Uh, let's see what we've got. I watched um, a movie this week. This week I- I'm just going to talk about it real quick because it's not worth really mentioning too much. There's a it's Halloween season, so I'm trying to watch scary movies and. Shelly and I sat down with 
um, Sydney, and we started watching the show Men, which was a movie that just had come out not too long ago. Um, it's by A24. Uh, they make a lot of good. It's kind of a um, independent-ish studio that makes some good, good some good movies out recently, and uh, it was just okay. It was very artsy, a lot. Like, what's it called? Men. I mean, the oh, plot. That's yeah. the that's the horror movie about the woman who moves into a house and eats the apple. Yes, the apple. Yeah, the apple, which is a weird thing. When when I was in Virginia and going to the movies all the time, uh, I saw that trailer before almost every movie. Like seven hundred times. Yeah. Yeah, along with the um, what's the one with the thing in the desert with all the people of color in it that you watched nope nope right yes that you're right those were trailers were going out like that, crazy. that was the title nope and both both of those I, I had the reaction nope to the trailer for nope but <laughs> uh i had the same to men i was like why this looks like the same movie but in a different i mean they're the same genre so yeah i it's like m- the men you know, the men thing was that like movies but yeah the men thing was like a lot of that time scary movies don't want to give or sorry there's either there's two types of scary movies one is that it's just a it's just for to be scary right other one mm-hmm. is um that it's got a secret thing like the storyline or something that makes it spooky or scary or something and they don't want to give it away you have to experience it to, right to be you know so that's what i thought men was kind of like and it was supposed to be like in it in some way it is but everything that the story is about is in the trailer which isn't much right there's one oh. guy there's okay. one guy who's an actor who mm-hmm. who is the actor for all of the men in the entire show. And okay. that feels very artsy that, but... in that it's doing. But it doesn't sure. – We got our, I'll admit, we got about 30 minutes to the end and we decided to stop watching it because it was fine. It just wasn't, you know, anything big. There was nothing going to happen that was a big reveal in this. Oh, uh, okay. The, the – um, it's just – it was just cre- – it's just creepy is what it was. It's just creepy. There's creepy mm. guys with creepy stuff and a creepy thing. And what's even more creepy is that they all have the same face, just CGI differently, which that's the thing that makes it creepy. And that's not a big deal, right? It's just right. like, uh, okay, the priest yeah. is played by the same actors. The bartender is played by the same. He plays a kid who's creepy and like, okay, the guy's creepy, but that's it. She, the the main character has trauma from her, um, her husband who she wanted a divorce with and they got in a fight and he threatened to, he was going to kill himself and then he did kill himself. Mm. Uh, and he was going to, it was, it was very like just this anxiety, terrible feel feeling of setup of, of what she went through. Um, you know, mm-hmm. just awfulness where he came out and said he was going to kill himself because of her and that she was going to blame herself for the whole life. It was just a terrible thing. And she's living with that. But you see that happen before the halfway point And you know, that whole story, Oh, okay. And, yeah, and you're like, okay, well, that's that. And then she's in this creepy situation out here with these creep, this creepy guy. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and that's it. It's just creepy. And I'm like, okay. And they do a lot of the, a lot of the, um, the shots of the woods at, at daytime. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's just let's just see, hear the rainfall, or play the same music that echoes again and again. And you're like, okay, you're right. you're really really pushing to be creepy, you know? <laughs> and we're like, okay. And we, we make fun of it now. We'll, we'll do the little getting, getting uh, diminishing returns. Yeah. Right? And it's like, you're, you're trying to hold on to this creepiness of this one idea you have, right? That this guy sure. is creepy looking and I, and that's it. 
So anyway, that's all that's all we had. It wasn't enough. And maybe someone can, can write into us and say, hey, you should have finished it. It's got a great twist that changes everything. But honestly, it was not compelling enough. And um, I think Shell still wants to finish it because she just got tired and was like, you know, this is not holding my interest anyway. We'll watch it later. Of course. Sure. Uh, but but we just don't have a lot of interest to go back to it. Um, and I, I'm a big proponent of finishing a movie, but mm-hmm. yeah. Just, you know, was, wasn't that big a deal. So we're looking for some more stuff, um, Halloween things to watch. Sure. But talking about that, let's move into our movie of the week. All right. This week we watched Catherine Called Birdie, uh, written and directed by Lena Dunham, starring Bella Ramsey of Game of Thrones. Mormont. Lady Mormont. Lady Mormont. Also, Andrew Scott, best known probably for playing uh, Moriarty in Mor- um, yeah. in Sherlock. I was thinking of that, that some way in that segue, by the way, earlier when we said Moriarty. I was thinking, well, we should translate, transition here, but, but I didn't follow that. Yeah. Also, um, Billy Piper, who was on uh, uh, Doctor Who. I actually didn't even recognize her because that... that the seasons she was in were almost 20 years ago. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, this this movie just came out, um, 22, and... Like last week, actually, is when it, when it yeah. did. Yeah. Uh, so this, this, this is not our typical kind of show. It's not meant for us, right? Right. Um, it, it's meant for... 14, I'd say 13 to 16 year old girls. Um, but it's still good. I thought I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I kept trying to get, uh, the teenagers in my house to watch it with me. And they were like, eh, 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 eh. I'm going to mm-hmm. go, you know, play my switch, whatever, you know, move, move along. Right. Um, so it was just me watching it. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. And I thought it really, so the premise here of this, mo- this movie is, it's set in medieval times. Medieval times. The, the genre of the, the movie is comedy, adventure, and like what, coming of age maybe? Sure. Um, and I think those are important to note right off the bat. There's, it's not would, too serious. I would call it coming of age more than either of those. Well, I guess comedy. Comedy, coming of age, adventure seems like a stretch to me. I would agree. Right. Yeah. Um, and you... Um, so the, the, I guess the big thing with those categories is it's not there was no drama. The word drama wasn't in there, hmm. right? And, and I think that was what I kind of enjoyed about it. Yes, there's drama, but not like you know Days of Our Lives drama type stuff, sure, you know, or okay. or even CW yeah. drama, which yeah, which yeah. was very enjoyable to me. Is that it wasn't? It's a a teenage girl um, movie about being a teenage girl in the medieval mm-hmm. times. And yep. it wasn't like a CW, you know, oh, my God, how I mean, right. she's falling in love with this person or she's fighting her mom and dad. And it was just none of that. Um, there's there's little to no romance. Yes. Um, Which was nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, but it, it also doesn't avoid it, per se. Right. There's right. there are other Rom- characters in here that's it's important. Yeah. There is romance in the world, just not involving the titular character. Yeah. Um, and so it's based on a book, uh, but anyway, I, uh, what I was trying to say is that it's set, it's set in the, the middle ages. Um, but it's, it's based on a novel 
and it's um, fiction for sure, but it's it's one of those um, like for example, there's people of color throughout it in a normal ca- in, in the cast. So obviously, mm-hmm. back in the Middle Ages, those were in in around London. That was not something that you would see often. But in here, they're they're lords and ladies in the same way. So it's not a historically accurate in in that kind of way. Uh, but that wasn't the point. That's not the point of the show. It's just mm. telling this story in this age. Uh, yeah. I would assume it's like Bridgerton in that way, right? Yeah, I in Bridgerton it felt more. I don't want to say obtrusive. That feels uh, derogatory. Um, this felt more like like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, but less uh, less played for laughs. Right, like the Morgan Freeman character in in Prince of Thieves is very is like almost cartoonish at times. Right. Um, this was not like that. These these people just happened to be there with these people, and it's like, oh, some of them, you know, were merchants or whatever who came back from the Moors or and you know, uh, like in the time of their Crusades and stuff. And you're like, yeah, okay, I could I could see that happening. Um in this in this era in this time um without too much without too much of a stretch i think maybe it being medieval and not um victorian or whatever uh era mm-hmm. that that bridgerton is set in made it feel a little more um natural natural's not the right word i want to use i don't know well, they they, they didn't. It wasn't. I think the important part here was with that is the, what the differences and that kind of thing. It wasn't important. Like that wasn't right. what they were trying. to They weren't trying to make anything. They were just actors or actresses in a role, and that's yeah. all that. That's all it was, which was perfect. And they didn't need to mention anything about it. The story and the characters, regardless of you know social norms of whether it be race or uh, positions, didn't matter. Right. That's not mm-hmm. the point. Now, that it did matter was the sexism of that time, like not like crazy stuff. But again, for a 14 and 15 year old, you know, um, right. the, the fact that she's stuck in her station type thing that that was still played with. So there was some things they pick and chose, uh, but mm-hmm. all as it pertained to a teenager during that time type stuff. Right. Um, so I, I really liked it. I, I you know, I've got this and um, uh, Ms. Marvel which are two movies I think that I would recommend. You know, I like to keep that in my back pocket. Like, Hey, what should I show my 13, 14 year old daughter or something that's, Mm. that's good and, and not, you know, crazy political, but has some kind of good moral messages or whatever. This is one of those I think fits in there. Um, Sure. You know, it, it, it does the characters wonderful, unique and fun. It's carried by uh, the actress. What was her name again? The Bella Ramsey, Bella Ramsey, Mm -hmm. like the, the movie is a different movie without her in it for sure. Sure. Um, and she's phenomenal again. Um, but I loved all the mini stories. I loved the main story of her trying to, um, be married off, but not Mm -hmm. wanting to, not wanting, not wanting to grow up type thing. Right. Um, especially back in, you know, you think back, back the time they get married when they're 14, right? As soon as they can have children, Mm -hmm. it's time for, to marry them off. And they're a commodity. Uh, yeah, so I it, mean, I mean, the you know, mortality rate was so high, like infant mortality and also death and childbirth, that because the you know, 
They didn't have modern medicine. Which they touch um, on in here too, right? That that seems a pretty heavy thing yeah. that they handle. So there there are this show does have heavy points in it. But I don't know if it doesn't let let them last long enough or what it does, but I think it handles them pretty well. Like she loves her like or she is sad about her missing brothers and sisters, right? That that had died mm-hmm. in childbirth. Yeah. And there's a whole scene with childbirth that's a pretty, you know, scary scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, or or when she's she has the the idea of being married off with this terrible person, right? Um but the movie yeah. tends in, Go ahead. In some ways in some ways I think even though it's you know sort of it's about this uh you know very young teenage girl and the and the the theme and the quote unquote message of it is about teenage girls there's a lot to it that I think doesn't doesn't work for that age age group mm-hmm. like I don't know that you know a a 12 13 14 you know I don't I mean I don't know how how when you would learn this if you would learn this at any point like I don't know if someone of that age understands like the and the movie kind of explains it to you but like the 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 um I don't know what the word for this is but like death during childbirth death mm. Yeah. Death by childbirth or whatever, like the risk to the mother. And like it's played up for what drama there is in this movie. It's played up for drama. And I don't know. I don't know that people would understand that at that age. Um, well, that that's what I think this movie does well is that at that age, you are faced with very real grown up things. Sure. But you're also not ready for real grown up things. Or right. don't want to as as she has, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then so it's a mixture of should they be made to, or when do you do it, or when do you start to teach them or have to? And it's this terrible, difficult time in their lives, and that everybody's mm-hmm. different, dealing with all sorts of different things in different ways. And this just happens to be set in medieval times, which makes it even more difficult, right? Right. Right. Um, so I I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. it. Felt original. I guess is the word, you know, we've got hmm. a, th- a topic that is not original in any way. And all the things that aren't original that she goes through in any way put right. into this, this situation with some modern ideas like cast and, and stuff. Um, and it, in some of the ways they talk and in the interactions with their families and things, because obviously back right. then that the father doesn't have the, you know, wouldn't have the same kind of relationship with his daughter type thing. It's not that it's not the same kind of thing. Um, but anyway, I, I found it refreshing is a thing and very good at its targeted audience, I would think. Not being a 14-year-old girl, I can't say that. Um, but I, I would I would encourage, now I'd say we're out of spoilers, um, I would encourage anyone who has a you know 14-year-old around that age daughter uh, who's coming into her own as being you know a kid and going to a young lady. This is great, hmm. right? Um, sure. Yeah, so thumbs up that way. I enjoyed it. N- new stuff. Um, go watch it. Uh, so it's your turn. What do we got next week from you? Um, we're we're in October, and since people are talking about it and we watched the first one 
what two years ago something like that mm-hmm. um we should watch the the sequel to hocus pocus all right fine. <laughs> the, i I've, i think i told somebody before the only way maybe it was even you i said that i would watch this is is because if you requested this of me so uh here we go um i can't remember what 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 people have talked about it um i think people who are fans of the the first one enjoy it for nostalgia reasons but i since i i'm not a big fan or didn't care either way uh, mm. we'll see how it goes right maybe it'll be fun yeah i'm my, i am in the mood for a fun low, so yeah i'm in the mood i am in the mood for a fun halloween movie and uh, the so and the good. original is not it's not good right like it's can't be fun can't so. be fun right um yeah and i and i can do with can't be fun i'm i'm okay with that we know halloween or it's not halloween uh, christmas time is good for can't be fun so sure of course <laughs> always had it maybe this one will be a good one too okay cool uh, that's awesome uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, Overwatch 2 launched this last week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I got to play a lot of that. I, that's actually what most of my time has been. Mm. Uh, it's okay. Um, it's had a lot of problems. Not the game itself, but launch problems. Um, okay. it, as games, new games that are popular and have a ton of people do, uh, it had all of them. It had um, mm. server issues on day sure. one, like any yeah. big thing we'll have then it had uh two separate uh ddos attacks by Oof. jerk holes who decided they're going to be cute um so they had to get over that and then when that finally settles down on top of all that at the same time they had some just legitimate bugs not crazy mm. bugs but some bugs that yeah. they you know when you have a million people coming in at one time they're going to have primarily things like um uh they merged accounts between Battle.net. If you had a Battle.net account and you had a PlayStation account right, or a Switch right. account or whatever it would be, it all got merged into one. And that's that's a lot right there. Um, which actually I think they should have probably done, you know, had completely done and set done before they actually launched this game, but whatever. Um, and so when you had, when they actually got the game settled down, they're finally dealing with those things. Me, for example, had bought the, what's called the Watch point pack and it's just it's basically a uh um a bundle that you start with you know you start with the first first one season one uh subscription then you you get a bunch of coins and a bunch of skins sure Um, but because of my merging and launch and all that stuff and not getting it all until launch and not merging it all until you know the day of launch they don't do it didn't show up um so it didn't, which wasn't showing up for a lot of people. It wasn't unlocked. A lot of the battle pass wasn't unlocked. So they had those kind of bugs that happened and it's been less than a week, only about three or four days now. And most of those are pretty worked out. Actually, it's been like five days. Okay. Um, but so that's all been worked out. Now you can pretty much get in instantly into any game of overwatch and actually start playing the game for itself. I will say that, um, I'm 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 mixed on it not because it's a good game because I love Overwatch. Um, the the mixed is that I don't know what to review about it. It's just basically Overwatch. They didn't change mm-hmm. enough besides going to five v five, which is a big change, and does fundamentally change how the game is played. Yes, the 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 maps like over eighty percent of the maps are the same maps we've always been playing on. Mm-hmm. So you're just playing it with you know one less character and figuring out that meta of it. Um, the characters, most of the characters are the same. They're doing the same things. Uh, right. 
Some of them are, are greatly changed, sure, but most of them are all the same. So I, I sat down to play a thing of Overwatch, and it's just like I was playing just Overwatch before. Not a lot of stuff. So the two behind it feels not fair. It feels more mm-hmm. like a 1.5, Un- where they added... They added yeah, it actually feels like we said the other week. It feels like an expansion, is what it is. And instead okay, of a, sure. an, yeah, it's a one, it's a it's a one point five game, and the, just like we thought it would be, um, in, in the spring, next spring when they launch the PVE part of it, maybe that will justify the two. Um, uh, but yeah, it, you know we're we're getting a couple of friends to play it. I played it with Zon. I don't know if a lot of Fox is going to play it again, and Chris is playing it, and some other stuff. So that'll be fun to play it with friends again. And now that mm-hmm. we need five instead of six, that's even even better. Um, so yeah, it's it's okay. Uh, I think the be- the best biggest change and it sounds silly is that they went away from blind boxes. Uh, that's probably the biggest thing. Right, uh, I remember talking about that. Yeah, and I'm happy. I'm happy that you don't get a random thing every time. Now you you know exactly what you're going to get. Just like the Diablo battle pass, you at every step you know you're going to get a. a a spray or an emote or a skin or whatever it is along the way and mm-hmm. you can work and you can work towards those things or not. So I really enjoy that. Um, and, it, and you can just keep continue to play the game and get the, the free parts. And what's interesting about this, this one is that all the big stuff, the really good stuff in the battle pass is free. Like all this, the skins and the legendary stuff is part of the free track. Hmm. So, you don't actually need to pay for the real good stuff. Granted, you're only going to get, you're only going to get that and none of the extras. But honestly, right. most of those extras are kind of worthless anyway. Um, sure, but yeah, they they do promise uh, every season a new character. Um, the long and short of it, I think, is that I I don't understand why it took so long, so many years to have to have this game come out. It doesn't feel like there was that much of a change to the. I bet the. Game. I bet the all the cross compatibility stuff took a lot of work. That's fair. That's very true. And you know, changing the it what what like I said, what really changed was the outside of the game. You know the right. the the battle pass part, the um, you know the menus, maybe stuff like that. Um, but that's all just extra stuff. Sure. Who knows? Um, uh, I'll also I started as I was playing it earlier tonight. I started thinking, you know, because they make this promise and knowing that it's Blizzard they've probably got a whole, whole slew of content like backlogged, already ready, right? right? Because they're, they're supposed to, every five weeks, switch a, uh, switch a season where they get a new map or a new character every single time. I guarantee you that they've got these already way lined up yeah, and, that's and a, finished. That's a tight cycle. Right. So they're going to... You know, they'll probably have it. And you can see on the menus now that there's tons of space on each, um, like, class, whatever, the three classes, that they're they're going to add a bunch of people. So they'll, hmm. yes, they probably have a lot of old maps, but, you know, every season they're going to add new maps. And every season they're going to add new um, characters. They probably have all this just backed up and they're only giving us a little bit of it now. So. Sure. That's fine. That makes sense. That's fun. Yeah. So maybe you know it's Overwatch for the for the long haul, which they do. Overwatch has been a big thing, yeah, um, yeah. and and Blizzard now with their their new mentality with Diablo Four, Diablo Immortal, Overwatch Two feels like they want to launch their new business model is to launch games that last forever and continue to make money off those games forever. 
right? Sure. Like Diablo 3 didn't continue to make a ton of money. StarCraft 2 didn't continue to make a ton of money off eSports, right. right? They just were popular. So now now they're they're monetizing it, uh, which is fine. But they, they're doing it in a fine way. I mean, if the, yeah, if you can do it in a non-predatory way, then it, you know, it's good for everybody. Like you, you know, you know, you have to pay developers, right, and designers yeah. to keep creating content, and then you know the game stays good, and yeah, it becomes the kind of game you know, as we say, lifestyle games. Like it's hard to, you know, only only the most like people who make a living on it, like creating content, competitive gamers or, or streamers and stuff like that can, can do more than one lifestyle game at a time. I think mm-hmm. most normal people with jobs right. uh, can only manage one. Yeah. Um, I mean, but it's, if it's that's, if that's what you want to do, like they're not, Blizzard has never been a company that, you know, cranks out a ton of games, you know, they're not EA. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. and this way they can, between 10 years of Diablos, they can continue to make money during those 10 years, right? right. right. Uh, but besides just putting massive expansions out, they can they can milk every year. I don't want to say milk. They can profit fairly every year because I think this is these models are pretty good because they are, I've seen with Diablo Immortal, I've seen with Overwatch, and I've seen with, you know, what's upcoming with Diablo 4. They're they're doing it like it is free. It is legitimately free. It is you know there is no pay to win here, um, right. and it is just purely extra cosmetics that don't matter, uh, and that's pretty good overall. So I'm yeah. yeah I enjoy it. It'll it'll it's not something that you're if you've played Overwatch now you want to go see all the craziness of Overwatch two. I don't think you're going to be blown away and be ho- rehooked again forever. I think you're going to mm. play it for like a week or two and be like. Oh yeah, it's like I remember Overwatch, and I haven't played it for a while. We've had some of our friends say like, "I got to get back into playing Mercy," or "I got to get back into playing." Yeah, because it's the same thing, right? Right. It's, right. it's just the same thing. Um, and then they'll if they the reason they left before is probably going to be the same reason they left before. Oh, I've done this before. I've, okay, I'm moving on to the next. Yeah. Uh, or this cycle will continue to be a good thing, and they will release fast enough um, to get people to stay interested. You know, right. I'm not sure if Diablo Immortal has succeeded in that, but um, you know, Blizzard's got a little work to do on that. When is Diablo Four coming out anyway? Like five years, nope. something like that. Yeah, nobody knows. Not Somebody nobody knows. knows. We don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if there was any kind of release on that. Not that I've no. heard, but I'm also not following any of that news anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of these games are best if you don't follow the news, especially <laughs> right, when it comes, right. to, especially when it comes to, to Blizzard. Don't oh. get don't get caught up in controversy over whether or not they're requiring people to give away their phone number or something. Yeah, th- just don't care. It does does not matter. I heard I, a I little bit of that, and I'd like it's it's the kind of thing like I have such a long history with Blizzard that I can get really passionate about something, and I'm like, wait a second, I don't really have any interest in Overwatch. I don't need to get involved with this. Let me mute this channel for a while (laughs) until the conversation dies down because if i keep seeing people's hot takes and opinions i disagree with i'm gonna want to chime in and then i'm gonna be angry and (laughs) it's just bad for everybody involved that's fair i actually talked to on that subject with uh sydney the other night because because you know i didn't have much of opinion i didn't know what to think about it uh the Mm. the the question thing in question here is uh blizzard required a phone number that's unique um for their uh to log in is is the thing uh 
the the point of it being is that it's better to to help hold people accountable. Uh, it's basically a money thing that if if you want to be a jerk, you're gonna have to buy a new phone plan all the time uh, because okay. they are int- they intentionally aren't allowing burner phones um, type stuff. You actually have to have Interesting. like. Yeah. So that that's the big thing. And one one of the articles, I just didn't read the article. I just read the title of it was um, somebody saying that it's a it's a um, rebuke or a uh, being punished for being poor. Um, because if you're poor, you might have a twenty dollar prepaid phone. Okay. And you can't, and you can't use. All that. right. Yeah. I mean, I can I can see that point of view. I don't know. I assumed it had something to do with the crossplay, but in a lot of ways, it reminds me of all our conversations about the the World of Warcraft Dungeon Finder. Right. Like yeah. if yeah. you, you know, if you make it really easy for people to dip in and out and out of games and a matchmaking game like this has that uh, in general. And I know that in games like League of Legends and Heroes of the Storm in the competitive scene, they have a lot of problems with people not necessarily sandbagging, but like, you know, making multiple accounts and coming in and and trolling with people on on multiple accounts. So. I yeah, get and that. The, like, and the, like I yeah. said, I you know, if I if I think about it, like I could probably get, uh, you know, some strongly formed opinions, and I'm like, you know what, I just don't. Yeah, well, well, like, 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 like I, we I said, not care about that. Yeah, well, like we said, the onset of this, you, most of these things you probably shouldn't care too much about, right? right. Like so, something, sure. Um, I didn't really have too much opinion on that topic, except uh, it, it was an interesting, just statement that that thing. Yeah. So I, I took it to Sid and I said, so, you know, here, here it is. Here's what it is. What, what do you think? And she actually helped me form my opinion better than I could have thought of at the moment. She, uh, the word she used best was entitlement. She was like, so they have to make money. They're trying to police thing. They're doing the best they can. And yes, you don't have a lot of money to play Overwatch maybe because you don't, you know, don't have, can't afford a phone. It's really good. She says, but she told me, she said, no one says that you have an unalienable human right that you have to be equal to play Overwatch. I mean, too. I mean that when I, I wouldn't have worded it this way at the time, but when I was younger in college, maybe age or or late days of high school, I definitely thought of PC gaming as very. Uh, I don't know if classist is the right word for it, but console gaming, at least it used to be flat, right? If you can Mm -hmm. afford an Xbox, you have the same Xbox as everybody else. Yes, sure. But if you're a PC gamer, you got to keep shelling out, you know, and stuff got more and more expensive, right? Like a good video card costs as much as a whole Xbox, not quite, but like half. And that's just the video card. You still need the rest of the PC. So you're just constantly spending, spending, spending to play the newest games as the new games come out. And it felt like a, you know, some kind of privilege trap, whatever kind of thing. So I think, I think, yeah, it's probably true that it's a, that it's a regressive sort of system, but I don't know that there's any kind of PC gaming that's not that way. Right. Right. And but I'm, and remember this this is not just PC. This is PlayStation and Of course. And of course. But like right. like competitive online like you still need um you still need that. And unless you're going to you know the, the uh you know, I guess in some somewhere in the conversation like 
um, you know, games like World of Warcraft have always been really good at um, not backwards compatibility, but like is still usable on old on old systems, right? Like they bring yeah. the they bring the 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 low end of their tech requirements up as slowly as they can. Yeah. Um. And. Yeah, I yeah, mean the I the the, th- the thing with that that she she helped me clear clear was that you know just because it's free to play doesn't mean you have equal rights to that you have to be given to play the game like you know it's yeah. one you have to have a five hundred dollar console system at least right you know, or or some kind of thing that will run it so you have to buy it um, yeah and and it's uh, just because it, again just because it's free doesn't mean that you have a you should have a right that it has to be for you right sure um i mean just in general it doesn't i, I think uh even a 20 dollars game has a barrier to entry like that right. you have to buy it right yeah. um so so it, it's yeah that's it, it she, i'm glad she made me think of it that way and i was like oh yeah i think they're not wrong but also who's who what who do they have to say uh, who are they to say that they they that blizzard should not require this because people can't you know i that that was a, it just be all of a sudden became a very silly topic for people to complain about and that's why i thought when you said the scene i i shouldn't think about it. like i shouldn't either because a lot of these are just silly silly stupid fight things over silly stupid things you know a lot i mean of i get the i definitely get the logic behind it right it's like the logic or the argument against pay to win right real life is strongly strongly tilted in favor of the wealthy right you know whatever wealthy means to you all the way down to you know the difference between somebody who can afford a playstation 5 and elon musk right yeah it's like that's the way reality is and games are supposed to be escapist entertainment even even sport even a game like basketball is still an element of escapism right instead of this we're going to go to this thing that's and it's still i'm mixing my metaphors there a little bit um and so i definitely feel the mindset that's like um you know i had a harder time playing heroes of the storm than somebody who lived in a city because i had slow crappy internet and there was no better internet available to me that's a that's a function of reality a function of the way the the you know our country manages uh monopolies with internet service providers not to get too political there but that's the reality um and so i get why people don't want that in a game the unfortunate sort of reality of the situation is they have a problem with people's behavior and yes. trolling and, and all yeah. those kind of things and at some point you have to like there there are no solution there's no perfect solutions right it's like it's like security um you know in in world of warcraft they had problems with people buying and selling accounts illegally and you know people getting hacked and having their their virtual content stolen and stuff like that and so they do what now almost everybody does and created two-factor authentication, right? Mm-hmm. You have to have an app or an email or a phone number or something, and it's inconvenient. 
Well, the trade-off for that inconvenience is that, in general, fewer people get their accounts hacked. It's not 100%. It's not foolproof. There's no such thing as a lock that can't be picked. Yeah. But you you push the dial, right? Like you you push the needle to, you know, to to improve that situation. Yeah. Um and so and, that's and sometimes not... there's going to be a very minimal amount that you have to pay air quotes pay to to have that security or have that improvement or have that thing done. And this seems like the smallest thing to to matter. So, yeah, I don't know. I just want to bring it back to the fact that some controversies shouldn't be controversial in the first place. Or they're just, they're just because it's the internet, made way too big of a deal of. Or it's one person's problem and not everybody's problems. Or we're, we're complaining about, you know, the 0.1% instead of stuff. Because, you know what? I also don't have a yacht. And I wish that I had a yacht and could, <laughs> could escape from the world and just go around the, the world. It's, I, it's not fair that I don't have a yacht. No, it's just the way it is, right? Not having a phone number attached to your thing so you can't have a burner phone. I, you know, I, I think mean, it, if that's I, where you are, I, I can't. I can't directly empathize with that situation because I. Have, you do have a uh, yacht. I, I have a phone number, right? So <laughs> I, I can't. I did change my phone number about a year ago, and it was a huge hassle. So, to me, it seems like there are probably a lot of things in life that are difficult. If you don't have a consistent phone number, um, this one just adds the list, but I, by no means, (laughs) right. By no means do I want, do, do, am I intending to trivialize anybody's situation? The the plight of poor people. Like, like a hundred percent. If, if you're in this situation and you were excited for this game and now you're not able to play it, that sucks a hundred percent. Right, but I guarantee you, you're going to have wor- you probably have worse problems than Overwatch being. The, well, if you can't afford it, I, that, I right? can't. I can't disagree with that either. Right, right. Um, there's probably more problems. Anyway, that that that's uh, that's the Overwatch two news, and and we'll be playing a little bit more. That's probably where a lot of my time will be. But honestly, there's not there's not a lot of t- a news in that uh, thing. And it, that's on, on one hand unfortunate. On two hand, that's they didn't expect it. They never did say it to be a, like. A, although they should just not have called it two. You know, but sure, but that but that's all there is though. Okay, cool. So next okay. week we are going to watch um, Hocus Pocus two. Yep. Right. So that should be good. I got to catch up on Lower Decks. I'm pretty much caught up, and/or I'm pretty caught up on. We can talk about that. It's going to be closing soon. Same thing with Rings of Powers. Got one more episode left, and House of Dragon has two episodes, I believe. I think I'm at five or i'm at six of eight on that yeah with all the the camping and the wedding and and also general lack of interest and stuff i'm way behind like i've i watched one and a third episodes of andor like from the start yeah Uh, i have one house of the dragon to watch and like three rings of power to watch um i would generally say i'm i'm i am enjoying andor a whole lot uh and that's probably because i liked um, Rogue One. It's one of Rogue my One. top two movies, and it's very Rogue One-ish. So, yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy that. Sweet, cool. All right, you've been listening to the Front Porch. This is episode two hundred and sixty-six. Thanks always to our friends at LRM Online. LRM Online. You can check them out. They have reviews on all things. Um, if you want to reach out to us and tell us everything that we're wrong about Blizzard's um, security 
new security policy with Overwatch 2, you can write to Michael Daniels at Front Porch. <laughs> uh, no, frontporchpodcast.com is our website. Frontporchpod at gmail.com is our email. You can use either of those two options to contact us if you like. If you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing on the podcatcher of your choice. And while you're there, if you leave us a review, nice uh, five stars. Or this week, you're like, they hate poor people, one star. You can do that, too. <laughs> it's, it, we know. are. We're the haters of them. Free speech. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the positive reviews help us out on Apple Podcasts and all that stuff. Um, did I say everything? Yes. As always, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the front porch. Hi, everybody. See you next time.